Have you ever walked past a dumpster and been like, yo, I wonder what's in that dumpster? I can put on these glasses. Let's start eating that trash. You're listening to the True Crime Dumpster Podcast with hosts Amy and Kevin. And we are coming back at you with our very last episode of 2020. And we are actually recording this on New Year's Eve, December 31st, 2020. So hopefully it'll get out before then. But Happy New Year. <laughs> most people probably won't listen to it until 2021, I'm sure. Or ever. <laughs> Shut up. Um, but we wanted to do one last kind of like roundup episode, if you will, to really observe and talk about the true criminal of 2020, which was 2020. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Uh, <clears throat> I think everyone can agree that 2020 was a bit of a... A bit of a bust. Uh, some people had good years. Yeah, like Jeff Bezos, he had a pretty good one. Yeah, our friend Sarah had a good year. I just saw her Facebook post. Well, good. I'm glad Sarah had a good year, and I'm super happy that Jeff Bezos had a really good year. So those are the only two. Um, <laughs> some other people probably did, too. I think probably, like, Target had a good year. Yeah, Walmart. Walmart um, Chinese government. The Chinese had a good yeah. year. Big Pharma had a really good year. Bill Gates had a great year. I think every year is a good Fauci, year Dr. Fauci, all those guys. Bill Gates. Yeah. Uh, who Joe else? Biden had a good year. He's been having Kamala, lots of good years. And then Kamala Harris had a good year. Um, yeah. I mean, which I'm all for, and you don't need to comment on. I, I, I wasn't saying anything. I didn't have the worst year ever, but also, like, my life... Obviously, teaching from a distance is difficult, but I feel bad for students than I do, like, for myself. Uh, but I totally get it, so I'm not going to get too much into it here, but... It could have been a lot worse. I was able to keep my job and do it well, which was good. My district luckily like really had it together and I was able to support my students the best I could, you know, given the circumstances. But yeah. And I mean, we did also decide this year to add a fourth dog to our family. That wasn't really our decision. It was more like <laughs> his decision. And we also decided to add another human being to our family. Yeah, another little goat to the wear lair. Yeah, that might be your the best part of 2020, I would say for you, for sure. Well, so far, it's just a theory that... I have a kid That there's going to be a <laughs> new addition. I mean, you get bigger, and I feel it kick me, but it's still not real. Yeah, until, it could be like an, a very animated burrito. Until she's a tax-paying citizen. <laughs> it's wow. not real. Yeah. Ask so, Uncle Sam. Yeah, so we will try, you know, I, I'm not due till April, and we will continue to put out weekly episodes. Um, cranking just, out the hits. We'll keep cranking out the hits. We have a lot of really good ones already for 2021. So again, if you have any requests, be sure to email us at truecrimedumpster at gmail.com, or you can, you know, be a part of our Facebook group. We all we always give that information at the end. If you can make it that long. <laughs> yeah. 
We do want to hear from you guys in case you have any case suggestions. But rather than just focus on one case this year uh, or this episode. Well, you never asked me about. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. My 2020. Well, I already know what your 2020 was like. You probably have no idea since we lived together and we're. <laughs> we're only allowed to see each other. Exactly. How was your 2020, <clears throat> Kevin? <laughs> it was better than a lot of people's, actually. To be honest, uh, I'm I feel very fortunate. We have a roof over our head. Everyone's healthy. We're still doing good. I know a lot of people aren't. Yeah. And so, I know it makes it hard to complain. Then I can't complain personally for myself, but the state of things and where I see things going are definitely not good. Yeah, and especially I know a big part of your life is music and playing live shows. And yeah, so the beginning jamming. of 2020 yeah. was great. Yeah, it was you were business on tour as with usual. Incantation. Yeah. yeah, I was doing. I did a tour in Europe, some stuff in Mexico with Incantation and Suffocation, and then uh, the last big hurrah was the Total Death Festival in Mexico City, which literally in March. Yeah, uh, and it was right when things were locking down, so there was a lot of European bands that were slated to play. And they Couldn't actually into the arrived oh. in Mexico City and then turned right around and went all the way back to Europe because, like, Spain and stuff were shutting their borders. Yeah. And people didn't want to get, you know, stuck. So up until then, it was great. And yep. then all of a sudden, it's like we're living in a movie. Yeah. And the movie just keeps getting shittier and shittier. Yeah. And I fear that it's not over getting shitty. But like all shitty things, hopefully the shittiness comes to an end At and some point. things get better. Yeah. Um, oh, and I, you know, was there like a highlight for the podcast? I would say several. So my highlight was definitely getting an email from Ruth after doing, you know, the Price of Honor, basically the Saeed case. That was definitely a moment where <laughs> I had a like a, a you know, people I, actually listen to this thing <laughs> and holy shit you know yeah but interviewing ruth and Joelle after talking about amina and sarah the saeed case yeah and also make making sure that their piece of shit dad you know yasser saeed was caught that was a i mean all of that that whirlwind was such a such a highlight to the year like Doing the episode, getting recognized for it, you know, being able to interview people really close to the case and having some resolution after, you know, nearly a decade of this piece of shit being on the run. I'm just hoping that we can tick off more pieces of shit. And, and like this, you know, this year has been pretty amazing for like cold cases as well, because and, and that's something we're going to talk about statistic wise, like with some kind of crime being down, especially at the beginning of the pandemic, it allowed detectives and, you know, armchair detectives who, you know, were stuck at home and stuff to solve some cold cases. And so there's been a number of those. Um, also, like COVID-19 has taken a few lives of people that are some of the biggest pieces of shit ever. Uh, most notably recently, Peter Sutcliffe, the Yorkshire Ripper and Samuel Little, which was just, I think, yesterday, who I hate the word prolific, but I only say prolific in terms of numbers. He has like over 90 victims. And um, the only unfortunate thing about his death is that not all the victims have been, you know, identified. 
so we won't. And he obviously, like, was cooperating with police. He was cooperating with police identifying as many victims as possible. And so that's one of the reasons that his death actually sucks in the sense that there's going to be a lot of families getting, you know, no answers from that. So 2020, like I said, was a shit year. But in terms of like true crime and our own personal lives, it wasn't the worst year ever. Another highlight is on this podcast, we got to clear the gerbil's name in the Richard Gere case. Was that this year? It may have been last year. That was an old, that's an old episode. How long have we been doing this? Not a year. We started uh, October 2019. Holy shit. I know. That may have actually Uh been 2019. But we're going to pretend it's 2020. (laughs) But we really want to make sure gerbils are okay in 2020. Yeah. So um, Richard Gere and the gerbil are both. Cleared. uh, Yeah. They're in the clear. (laughs) So just want to clear that up. Gears clear. But we're not so sure about other small rodents and large Hollywood actors. Ducks, not so much. Yeah. There are mm, ducks and dolphins. Problematic. Yeah. Problematic is a good word. Almost as problematic as some of the statistics that I'm going to give you right now. It's a good segue. Statistics in itself are problematic for me. Yeah. So you might be asking yourself in this kind of shit pandemic, has there been actually a surge in crime? And so part of that is who you ask. So from a research standpoint, it's easy to say yes, but then when you start to break it down, it gets a little more complicated. So I'm here to break it down for you a little bit. Please break it down. And a lot of this information I got from the FBI and other like websites that I will link in our episode notes so you guys can see where I got the statistics from. But as you know, we don't get statistics from stupid places. I try my best to make sure we get the most accurate data if possible. Yeah, from like CNN and stuff. <laughs> no. Um, so the biggest increase in crimes have been with violent crimes, particularly murder, aggravated assault, and shooting. Chill stuff. I know. Whew. Violent crime stats and trends during the pandemic. Okay. Preliminary FBI data for the first six months of 2020 show murders and non-negligent homicide up nearly 15% compared to the same time period last year. So that means potentially, we're talking about the first six months, and like of those first six months, only three of those months were during the like pandemic. So potentially they didn't break it down anymore, but those three months. Well, places like New York City and stuff are already going to hell before the pandemic Yeah, 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 for sure. And then... They started like like, uh, decriminalizing a lot of stuff and like not like charging people for like violent crimes. Uh, Mm. And like a lot of people were saying New York City was like starting to be like it was in the 80s again. Hmm. Interesting. Pre-Giuliani. A report by the Council on Criminal Justice paints an even more dire picture showing a 53% jump in homicides in 27 major U.S. cities this summer compared to the last. And I'm sure New York is in that. That's a 53% jump in homicides in 27 major U.S. cities. That's crazy. That was just in the summertime. Moving on up. The FBI data also shows a 4.6% jump in aggravated assaults between January and June 2020 versus the same period in 2019. Aggravated assault rose 14% summer over summer, according to the CCJ analysis. And gun violence has been relentless for much of 2020, particularly in major cities like Chicago, New York and Philadelphia. But that's not really new. 
Yeah, I mean, that we may have seen those cr increases regardless of the pandemic, but I don't think the pandemic helped. And then, obviously, we're going <laughs> to be... The pandemic's not helping anyone except well, for... Well, and then, obviously, we haven't even talked few. about the mass protests that happened across the country after Breonna Taylor and George Floyd yeah, and we all that there. stuff. Yeah, but, but, we but I mean, that can, again, attribute a lot of the violence to a lot of the violence as well. So as of September 28th, the Gun Violence Archive has recorded 13,641 homicides, murders, and unintentional gun-related deaths for 2020. That's almost 90% of the total recorded for 2019. So that was with four months left in the calendar year. It basically matched up to the stats yeah. of 2019, which is Come on, terrifying. guys. We can beat this record. You can beat the record. Yeah, that's not a record you want to beat. Oh. However... There are plenty of other crimes that have dropped dramatically amid stay-at-home orders, physically distancing, and other pandemic conditions. <laughs> Counts of rape have dropped, according to the FBI data, falling almost 18% year over year. Because it's kind of hard to rape someone from six feet away. Yeah. Robberies have also been on the decline, dropping 7% for the first half of 2020. I think that's going to change. Yeah. Overall, property crimes have been on the downward trajectory this year. According to a preliminary FBI report, property crime saw an 8% decrease nationwide between January and June 2020, compared to the same time frame last year. The FBI shows burglaries down across the board by nearly 8% year over year, although cities like Seattle and San Francisco have seen drastic increases. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, and Portland, I'd have to say. Uh, yeah, it's not it's not like a or a major U.S. city. The homelessness problem is yeah. a big part of that, and the drug dependency and all that, mm -hmm. and those two things and a are lot of off the hook right now. Well, They're, and then a lot of those services, I'm sure, were kind of frozen during a time because especially again, like COVID and stuff. Yeah, nothing's like open. Workers, but also like workers were kind of put on a little bit of a hiatus or like told to stay at home for a little while before they could sort things out and get like things. So I think that, you know, obviously things got worse during that time as well, especially, you know, we've seen with our eyes in our, you know, with our own eyes in Los Angeles and Portland, you know? So in the first half of 2020, personal property uh, theft also dropped by nearly 10%. Car thefts and break-ins have been on the rise during the pandemic. Interesting. Because people aren't going anywhere. Their cars are staying put. Yeah. Yeah. But everybody's out of work, and so no one has money. So, you know. But also, like, people aren't traveling. Like, if I'm not going to school, I still have my job, but my, my car is staying in the same spot all I know. the time. But someone that's <laughs> I, not going to school and wants money for drugs is going to exactly. break into your car but I'm and just steal saying, your like, shit. More cars in driveways not being moved and more people. I see what you're saying. Yeah. It's, it's an increase in both of those things. Yeah. <clears throat> so the FBI shows a 6% climb in vehicle thefts between January and June 2020 compared to the same time in 2019. Cities like L.A., Denver, and New York have broken records for the number of cars stolen so far in 2020. Hmm. So, there you go, 2020. The FBI also reports a drastic jump of 19% in arson offenses nationwide. Wow. I wonder if that has anything to do Insurance. with some of these r riots. 
But also, like, if a business we'll is floundering yeah. and not allowed to function, it might accidentally burn down. It might accidentally burn you down. You know what I mean? I mean, mm-hmm. I would be tempted if I was a business owner. That's why I'm not a business owner. <laughs> Authorities and some experts say that there's no clear-cut reason for the spike. They instead point to social and economic upheaval caused by COVID-19, public sentiment towards police following George Floyd's death in Minneapolis, um, and a historic shortage of jobs and resources in poorer communities. Are All of these things are contributing factors to the stuff that we've talked about. It is happening in... Large and small cities, Democratic, Republican-led, like there's no, we can't find a pattern necessarily. It's just, you know, larger cities are see, are being hit the worst, basically. Arguably, the Democrat-run cities tend to have, well, we'll get there in later in the year. But like some of the riots and stuff that broke out, like a we're, lot of- Were worse than <clears throat> Republican-led cities? I don't, I can't think of any Republican led cities that they had the big BLM, Antifa. Uh, a lot of Southern states, I'm sure. I guess it just wasn't as promoted or like uh, a- advertised. I <laughs> like how we said promoted and advertised or just mentioned in the news. I don't yeah. know what, what proper, like it is an advertisement. It's, they're selling fear, I guess. So, yeah. So, with all of that being said, there was a lot of crime in 2020. There was a lot of ho- high-profile crime in 2020, and part of that, again... <laughs> I see the highest crime, the biggest crime, transfer of wealth, happened in 2020. Yeah, but one of the reasons I think that there were a lot of high-profile crimes of 2020 is that people were at home to watch the high-profile crimes of 2020. <laughs> so we're going to talk a lot about what we kind of view as the most notable crimes of 2020. 2020 was just crime after crime. It's like the magician that pulls the, the handkerchief out of its sleeve. And, and it just, just kept going, going. Yeah. yeah. It's fucking insane. So first off, I wanted to mention Breonna Taylor. And... It may have not been the largest news story of 2020. Um, I definitely think it was in the shadow of George Floyd's death, but it doesn't make it any less notable or important to me personally or to a lot of people that I know who are still fighting to make sure that her name is remembered. And it's just incredibly sad. I mean, December 26th in Oakland, there was this beautiful statue that was le- that was erected of her. Did you hear about that? And somebody destroyed it. Really? Yeah, on December 26th. So sad, you know, so I, you know, I don't know what the intent was or anything, but it doesn't matter what the intent was. The, the effect of it is that it made a lot of people feel really shitty and that, you know, Brianna Taylor, unfortunately will not see the justice that she so well deserves. So if you don't know about Brianna Taylor, you're probably living under a rock. But on March 13th, so right at the beginning of the pandemic, we were in Mexico that day. Police officers in Louisville, Kentucky, or Louisville, if you're from there, killed Brianna Taylor in a hail of bullets fired into a darkened hallway. The black emergency room technician was barely awake one minute and dead the next. She would become a flashpoint in a larger movement for the protection of black lives along slain men like Ahmed Arbery and George Floyd. The killing of those men would lead to significant systemic change. Um, And it was, I believe, a no-knock warrant that the police had. 
it's a bit unclear. Yeah. Like they, I, from what I know, they knocked and just kind of stormed in and the, you know, and they were plain clothes officers too. Right. Uh, and, <clears throat> and her boyfriend um, returned her fire. Her boyfriend, right? um, I'm not sure who fired first. I think he returned fire. Uh, I think they went in uh, guns blazing. I know we should have probably done more research, I but I think he thought there was a home invasion going on because, well, whatever. But so he, they thought the house was getting broken into. So he, you know, out of rightfully, sleep, yeah, defended like, uh, his ground. Plainclothes officers, so they just look like dudes breaking into the house. So of With course guns, you're gonna, yeah, of course you're gonna defend yourself. So he shoots, and then they, you know, return fire, smoke everyone's ass. Did he? He died too, right? No. Oh, really? No, he was just injured. I think he maybe got, like, sustained, like, one or two injuries. Um, but, yeah, uh, really crazy. Obviously, there's tons of podcasts and um, videos and all that stuff out there if you want to look further into the case. Um, but we just really wanted to mention it, that it was an unjust slain by police officers, that it took an ungodly amount of time for anything to happen, and it was it's been so insanely frustrating but on December 29th, just a couple of days ago, it was announced that Detective Miles Cosgrove will be terminated along with Detective Joshua Janes. Technically, they really should be looking at jail sentences, but, you know, ever, to each their own. Who was involved in the planning of the deadly raid. Until now, the only officer held accountable in the case had been Brett Hankinson, a detective who was fired in June for violating the department's deadly force policy by shooting off 10 rounds from outside the apartment through two of Ms. Taylor's windows. So they, yeah, that, that was one, outside of the That's room. fucking egregious. That yeah. is fucking insane. And he was indicted by a grand jury in September on three counts of wanton endangerment. And it was finally released that the wanton endangerment charges were because of the the white neighbors complaining and not because of Breonna Taylor's death. Like, that's what it took. And if anything, Breonna Taylor's case very much brought to light how grand juries are given, like, information and how people are charged and stuff. I do believe that her case will set a new, better precedent for grand jury hearings and all of that stuff because a lot of that stuff, like, there's been an interim police chief too, um, a woman, Yvette, I'm forgetting her last name right now, but she's making shit happen, um, which is sad that an interim, you know, police chief is the one that's making stuff happen and not the one who had been there for a long time. So anyways, um, he was indicted by a grand jury in September on three counts of wanton endangerment because shot the shots he fired entered a neighbor's apartment again, a white neighbor's apartment. So just an all around, I, I will, I just want to say, you know, apart from it being super fucked up and infuriating all that stuff, it's just incredibly sad. She was a first responder. She was a giving member of her community and people really loved her. So it's just, it's just an incredibly sad loss. So two and a half months later, on May 25th, Minneapolis police officers arrest George Floyd, a 46-year-old black man, after a convenience store employee called 911 and told police Mr. Floyd had bought cigarettes with a counterfeit $20 bill. 17 minutes after the first squad car arrived at the scene, Mr. Floyd was unconscious and pinned beneath three police officers, showing no signs of life. Former Minneapolis officer Derek Chauvin 
is charged with second-degree murder and second-degree manslaughter in Floyd's death. Fellow former officers J. Alexander... And all of these arrests that you're going to be talking about right now would not have happened without the protests, I truly believe. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so fellow former officers J. Alexander Quang, Tao Tao, and Thomas Lane are each charged with aiding and abetting second-degree murder and aiding and abetting second-degree manslaughter. And also, it the trial, because of COVID-19 protocols and all that stuff, was supposed to happen in March of 2021, but they're already considering pushing it back to summer of 2021 because they recognize that no matter what they do, there's it's going to create a very large public gathering, no matter if they say you can't do that or not, you know? So they're saying that they're hoping that by giving it an extra couple of months that more people will be vaccinated and it won't be as serious as a health hazard to the public by the time that these guys go on trial. But again, I think that what was upsetting for a lot of people, if we kind of compare Breonna Taylor to George Floyd, is that it took a black it took a man's death, you know, aside from race, it took a man's death to kind of bring light to a woman's death. No, like, Breonna Taylor, that no one had heard about her until after George Floyd. And then it was a lot of vocal people being like, hey, something worse happened months earlier. Why are we not talking about that? Yeah. And so that's how well, she kind of got lumped <clears throat> into it. You know what I mean? Prior to that, like people did not know about her. Well, I think in all of this, one of the biggest criminals in all of these things are the media because they pick, yeah, I, they yeah, pick and choose yeah. what they they. And they did not pick Breonna Taylor's case to talk about until it became relevant. But the thing with, okay, with George Floyd, I don't know if you've seen the whole video. This, no, the, I can't. The part that they showed is very disturbing and it's totally fucked up, but they don't show what happened before that. Because before that, he was in the squad car already. He was already in the back of the car, but he was super fucked up on meth and fentanyl. And he was saying in the back of the car, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. And that they let him out and he starts freaking out. And they do you know that for a fact? Yeah. Okay. I don't. And so, of course, the media only shows the one part that's, gonna, of course, going to piss anyone off with a fucking heartbeat and promotes like this. It's, yeah. I don't know what the fucking, the powers that be are evil motherfuckers and this whole divide and conquer thing that trying to get. Black and white, but, man versus girl. But to clarify, though, you're not saying that George Floyd at all deserved what he got, right? Absolutely not. Okay, I just want to watching the video be clear. because he was like, the police did not; they were fucking relentless. Also, things that aren't talked about in the mainstream media is Derek Chauvin and George Floyd knew each other; they worked together. Oh, well, no, people knew that. That they, was they worked together. Happy. Yeah, as security and officers, there was some sort of dispute weird fentanyl money counterfeit money thing going on at that fucking place they worked at and George Floyd was spending the fucking counterfeit money so and he was blowing Derek, their cover so Derek I think was, was trying hit. to get yeah I think that there's definitely more to the story but at the same time if you want to just boil it down to the the basics like George Floyd does not deserve to die whether you no, know, it's, the, period. It's fucking, and that is up. so. That's where and we the see. whole thing with Derek Chauvin with his fucking hands in his pocket. It's like it's meant. I, it's it seems 
the, the whole camera angle and everything, it's just too perfect. And it just goes on for too long. And it's too insanely maddening watching that fucking dick with his hands in his pocket killing this fucking dude. Like, it's, it's, it's too much. It, it, it can't be real. Yeah, it's got to be fucking. Yeah. It's got to be like, like there was a some setup. orchestration. Yes, yeah, exactly. For sure. Yeah. And we it's not like that's a crazy conspiracy theory like that, because we see over and over again people in positions of power orchestrating things to work in their favor, period. Yeah, totally. I mean, you could even say that about this pandemic, which we won't go there. But and I will say that about this pandemic. Yes, people in positions of power orchestrating things to be in their favor. That is going to be a pattern that we're going to see for literally the rest of our lives. Event 201. Okay. Look into it. All right, all right. So horrible, horrible shit happened. And like I said, the George Floyd thing was probably the largest kind of civil upheaval. That started the ball rolling. That started the ball rolling. Brianna Taylor, Amon Arbery came up in the midst of that. Those were kind of the three faces of the kind of resurgence of the BLM movement and protests and stuff. Because it's not like BLM just started right then. It was it had been years and years in the making. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's just it was I, I called a resurgence or like, you know, a, a resurge of it, you know. So in the midst of that, there were two, at least two, if not many, many, many more, but two that we actually talked about on our show in 2020, which was the resurgence of the Elijah McClain case and Tamla Horsford, which I believe to this day, Tamla Horsford is our most listened to episode. And part of that is that people were like, what the fuck? And it's like reopening cases of people of color who died under very mysterious circumstances and were somewhat swept under the rug. And it's not to say, now the Elijah McLean case is obviously different from the Tamla Horsford case, but basically what the BLM, you know, the resurgence of the BLM protests in the wake of George Floyd's murder and Breonna Taylor and Ahmed Arbery's murder, what it did was make people aware of other shit that's happened. And we started to hear some crazy stories. And two of the ones that really stuck with me, and I know stuck with you as well, was just the, you know, Elijah McClain, just incredibly sad, very talented, introverted, sweet young man, killed very similarly to Trayvon Martin, like basically a case of mistaken identity. That That is saying it very nicely and very politely, um, he could not have been a sweeter soul, and he was murdered by police officers. And Tamla Horsford, who died under insanely mysterious circumstances, and we did start to see movement on both of those cases, and they're still active right now. Like, they were not active at the beginning of 2020, and these ca- cases happened in, like, 2017 and 2018. Like, these are older cases, and we're seeing some serious movement on them. And I hope that their family gets the answers and the justice that they deserve. But I just wanted to mention those. Those didn't happen in 2020, but they were reawakened because of the protests. So those were kind of the grouping of like BLM, um, people of color, like that whole kind of time period from like basically May to July, you know. But there was also something else happening in the ether which was just fucking weird. And Kevin's going to talk about that. That was a much better segue. (laughs) (laughs) 
So the Tiger King series on Netflix took the country by storm in the beginning months of the pandemic. Don't know if you heard about that one. People both horrified and enthralled by the story of G.W. Zoo owner. Mm-hmm. That was the name of his zoo was the G.W. Zoo. Okay. Uh, his name was Joe Exotic. Also known as Joe Maldonado. Exotic was his birth name, though, right? <laughs> yeah. Maldonado was his married name. He took, I don't know what his original, maybe it Did really he was take exotic. his husband's name? Yeah. The last husband, the one that died. With the last name Maldonado. Yeah. Gotcha. I think his name was Travis Maldonado. So this was a show about Joe Exotic and his merry band of weirdos who worked <laughs> for him. And his obsessive rivalry with uh, big cat rescuer Carol Baskin, who may or may not have killed her long-missing husband. Mm-hmm. Cat poop. But Joe Exotic's story took a turn for the not-so-harmless when the extent of his animal abuse was revealed, and he ended up going to prison for murder. Uh, so he, go, he went to prison for a murder-for-hire plot in an attempt to have Baskin killed. While in prison, Maldonado has had a change of heart regarding keeping animals in captivity after being in a cage. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. The irony. Yeah. He had also asked President Trump to pardon him. I feel like they could be friends. I feel like they could be related. (laughs) (laughs) Just based on the hair and like skin tone. Word still out on whether the president returned his letter. Yep. So, meth is a hell of a drug. Yeah. And it looked like he was on a lot of it. Yeah, I mean, I will say Netflix, I mean, that, that the timing of that television program was so aptly timed for just being a fucking explosion, you know? Like, it was I, like it's not my favorite thing it was I've like ever a, watched. It was like, it reminded me of like, Watching Jerry Springer back in the day. Like, yeah. You're just like, you're like, what no, the fuck after no, what the fuck after yeah, what the fuck? Yeah. It is a crazy cast of characters. They almost don't seem real. And that's the whole thing with Jerry Springer is like half of it isn't real. Yeah. And that's but, Florida. Like, the, the Joe Exotic thing was. And like the I just want to point out the podcast is much better and came out much, much longer. It was a wondery podcast. If you haven't seen it, it's called Joe Exotic or you haven't listened to it. But the Netflix one, it's easy to... I mean, there was much more finessing and ridiculousness that could go along with it because these people look crazy, you know? It's great TV. It is great TV. Um, I don't agree with locking up cats and animals. No, me neither. I only believe in rehabilitation. You know what I mean? Like the. I agree with feeding criminals to big cats, <laughs> but not in case. That's where me and Carol Baskin are, you know. Uh, I think her husband wasn't the greatest character ever i've i haven't heard, i don't know enough about him don something rather should have had nine don lives <laughs> so anyways is the timing of it was pretty crazy we all were stuck inside and then all of a sudden this shit show this this very colorful this shit loud show. mustache and <laughs> fucked up hair is coming at you yeah exactly and you know that was probably the most popular halloween costume of 2020 and then on top of it I didn't watch this because we don't have cable, but Carol Baskin was then on Dancing with the Stars. Did you know that? No, I've never seen an episode of Dancing with the Stars. But I think like, that's where guilty celebrities go to be on TV. Exactly. Like, Absolutely. Uh, Tanya Harding and shit. Yeah, I think she's probably been on it. 
No, she's led a pretty private life. I I think it's Nancy Kerrigan, probably. She had some robot leg or something. <laughs> she her leg healed. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was uh it was um what's her now I'm gonna say Carol but uh Tamla not him. Uh, what's her name? Tanya Harding. Tanya Harding. I was gonna say Tamla Horsford because they have the same initials. But anyways, actually, Tanya Harding her, seems like kind of. It was she's her like ex-husband. Cool. Yeah, she lives in Vancouver, Washington. Yeah, I, I would have a beer with her. Yeah, she's not a bad person. She had a shit life, and it was her ex-husband who was still draining yeah. money out Just of. Just don't her. get competitive she, with her. She did not. She'll she win. did not condone. I mean, she did not order her ex-husband to do that. I believe she's innocent. What was his name? Piece of shit, McGee. Fatty McTracksuit. I don't know. He kind of looked like Gunter. <laughs> he did? The Ding Dong song. <laughs> like he had like that haircut basically. And a yeah, mustache. but he was like three Gunters taped together. He was a fat fat. No, he so. wasn't. Was no, he? I think. Well, I'm thinking of the biopic. Oh, I'm thinking of the guy that it wasn't her husband. It was like the security guy that whacked her. I think I think it was him and a couple other people. It's a team whack. <laughs> All right, we're we're moving on. Okay, moving now I have on. it like 1992. Okay. <laughs> oh, a couple of good things happened in 2020. I think I don't have it on here, but I think Bill Cosby got his like official punishment this year too, right? By God. <laughs> uh, he, I mean, I think he was in prison, but I think he got like officially sentenced this year. But the bigger fish was Harvey Weinstein's punishment. So. The long-awaited reckoning of Harvey Weinstein, right? Did so they peel he, his skin off? Because unless they did that, I think he's he hasn't paid his dues, right? Yeah. So in March, a New York judge sentenced Weinstein to 23 years in prison for raping Jessica Mann in 2013 and performing forcible oral sex on Miriam Haley in 2006. In April, shortly after he st- started serving his New York sentence, He faced a new sexual assault charge in California for an incident that occurred in 2010. While in prison, Weinstein contracted the coronavirus. Yay! Twice, apparently. Wow! And his health has reportedly taken a turn for the worse. Eh, Not because he's a fat piece of shit. Yeah. It's the ultimate fall from grace for the man who once ran Hollywood, but 2020 spared no one. Didn't he have, like, some tiny misshapen dick? No, you're thinking Epstein. All I these, mean, all these they fuckers all, have yeah. like some fucked up. And wiener. GSK, he was he had a micro penis. All of them, they're all disgusting. Rapists have small dicks. Fact. <laughs> all right. Well, I don't know how that was a great segue for this next one. I guess. Yeah. So kind of similar to the Joe Exotic thing, the kind of like timing of this one was just kind of perfect for blowing up during the pandemic Lori Vallow ring any bells yes for me but I don't think you know about Lori Vallow (laughs) in February the world was introduced to Lori Vallow and her fifth husband wow that's the one after four his name was Chad Daybell she wasn't even that old yeah I don't know I don't know how old she was but fifth husband Chad Daybell and after Vallow's two children, 17-year-old Tylee Ryan and 7-year-old J.J. Vallow were reported missing. Soon enough, details about the case revealed a story that was both sinister and chaotic. And Vallow and Daybell fled their home in Idaho for Hawaii, where they were a- apprehended by Magnum P.I. 
Quote, the only word coming to mind right now is monster, J.J.'s grandmother, Kay Woodcock, said at the time. As the months wore on and Vallow's children still weren't found, even more troubling facts emerged. In 1998, Vallow's 31-year-old sister died unexpectedly. In July 2019, Vallow's brother, Alex Cox, shot and killed Vallow's fourth husband, Charles, yeah. Charles Vallow. Weird fucking family yeah, shooting spree. Some weird shit. Several months later, Cox himself died. In October 2019, just a few weeks before Vallow and Daybell were married, Daybell's ex-wife also died. I know. Everyone around them, like, mysteriously dies and disappears. Quote, you can look at one's death as a coincidence, says journalist Ashley Banfield, but these people have had a trail of deaths that seem natural and now are under investigation. Yeah, and I know you're not going to go into it because it's fucking this very long-sorted tale, but... There's this whole doomsday cult thing that happened. But one thing that we did find in 2020 is that Lori Vallow is finally under investigation and in prison. Um, she killed her kids. Sounds like their it. bodies have been found. And what's up with everyone else getting capped? They're looking into it. It's just weird. Like they knew too much. Like All of that stuff was shut and shut and done. So they're now that they have confirmed that her kids are dead too. They're like, okay. And it took her like over 90 days to like come forward to be like, I don't know where my kids are. It's, 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 I don't want to get into it too, too much because it's a right, long Right road. there is a s real gigantic China sized red flag. Yeah. Lori Vallow is a red flag in. She human should be form. wrapped in a red flag and thrown into the sea. Correct. Another big story of 2020 was Lori Laughlin and the college admission scandal. Also, it was dubbed the Operation Varsity Blues, which is fucking stupid sounding. And it revealed a scam in which the rich and famous paid money for their kids' college applications, doctored to put them in better positions at better schools of their choice. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. But the biggest. It's funny how rich people were. Yeah. The biggest actresses were Felicity Huffman, who actually pled guilty and, like, did her sentence like a real human being. Uh, Lori Laughlin, who tried to fight it and has a longer sentence. That always happens. And her husband, Massimo Giannulli, um, this year brought about the circus that was Laughlin's case. In May, after months of preparing for the trial, Laughlin and that guy agreed to plead guilty, finally, to conspiracy charges. Later that summer, Giannulli was sentenced to five months in prison and Laughlin was sentenced to two months, <laughs> which was in line with the plea deal they had struck. So she could have done that a lot sooner. I think Felicity Huffman's already out. To close out the year, the couple's daughter, Olivia Jade, who's at the center of the scandal, finally broke her silence on the debacle when she appeared on Jada Pinkett Smith's Red Table Talk, which I have not seen. Yeah, so it just shows you how, I mean, that's like a little microcosm of how government works right now is like it's all pay to play and uh it's all fraudulent and it all smells like rotten fish yes agreed the next story that we saw a movement on in 2020 was keith rainieri and the whole nexium cult thing speaking of cults in october keith rainieri leader of the sex cult nexium 
was sentenced to 120 years in prison for racketeering, sex trafficking, sexual exploitation of a child, human trafficking. Uh, Meanwhile, a month earlier, Seagram heiress Claire Bronfman, Nexium's main financier, was sentenced to 81 months in prison for conspiracy. In addition to providing a legal outcome for the case, 2020 also brought up new Nexium documentaries, including, which I have not watched yet, HBO's The Vow, which exposed more of the bizarre shit happening behind the scenes of this weird-ass pyramid scheme called Nexium. And upon further investigation, it revealed to be a twisted and abusive cult. Duh. Most cults are, I think. With leaders who did things like branding women and asking them to sleep or asking them, I think forcing them to sleep with Rainieri. At his trial, he was accused of keeping Nexium members as sex slaves, restricting their eating and preventing them from leaving willfully. Yeah. I don't know, like, sh- like, sec- like, child trafficking and all this stuff is bigger than people realize. I, I, it's a, I feel like children are like the currency of the the rich of like the gnarly black market you know like Mm -hmm. i don't know i think homeboy should have to serve those 120 years in a pool with that gang of raping dolphins (laughs) okay speaking of sex trafficking remember when this was the biggest story of 2020 these cunts and then it got introduction it got blown out of the water by a lot of other shit but so the mysterious deaths of epstein jeffrey epstein and well and the capture of and jizz guzzler maxwell's capture those two things happened and that's pretty big for some of this well i i guess epstein there was i don't think his uh flavor of the day was child trafficking i think it was more like yeah, it was. It's mainly black metal. Uh, not black metal. Black male. <laughs> no one knows. He had the sickest black metal band. Blackmailed. Like, f- everything was microphone filmed at his houses and stuff. He would basically, like, provide politicians and people of influence with people to have sex with. And, and women, turns out... Girls and women. Turns out, not always, but a lot of them were underage. And yeah. some were kids. So, yeah, it was just all to use his leverage, and he's an interesting character. But for years, it had been alleged that Jizz Guzzler, Maxwell... Was his accomplice. Yeah. Jeffrey Epstein's former partner had helped him recruit young girls to traffic and sexually abuse. This summer, she finally faces consequences when she's arrested by the FBI in connection with her participation in Epstein's operation. She was charged with transporting a minor for the purposes of criminal sexual activity and conspiring to entice minors to travel to engage in illegal sex acts and perjury regarding statements she made in court in 2016. But the moments leading up to Maxwell's arrest were the makings of a future Netflix series. Following Epstein's arrest and subsequent death in 2019, Maxwell, a British socialite, spent nearly the next year in hiding until she herself was arrested. She was apprehended at her property in Bradford, New Hampshire, which she purchased last December and apparently had tried to avoid being found by... So she tried to not be found by wrapping her cell phone in tinfoil. 
seemed to have worked for a while. Yeah. Uh, she also reportedly tried to escape out of a window when police showed up at her house. Nothing to hide here. <laughs> no. I think that's the only exit from her house is out the window. <laughs> and, you know, what I heard today was Epstein's cellmate, that big-ass fucking yeah. roided-out cop yeah. that was supposed to, like, kill him or whatever. Uh, I heard today he died of COVID-19. Really? That's what I heard. That's convenient. I mean, that doesn't surprise me because of the pr- prison statistics and stuff, but you would think that someone that healthy... Yeah, I think he got two gunshots to the back of the head. And, uh, yeah, COVID-19 caused a death. Well, I haven't looked into the details. but So, the last thing I just want to discuss real quick is... With stimulus checks and unemployment payments and the rollout of the new vaccinations, scams are on the rise. So, you know, we've talked about the big high profile cases of 2020, but there's also the small ones that have been rampant, which are which I would say affect the the people that affects the most are, are the most vulnerable, which are elderly folks who don't understand technology as well as younger folks and people who are desperate and in dire need of money. Time and time again, people who fall for scams are usually people that are desperate. And so with so many people desperate and out of work and really working from, you know, government paycheck to or, you know, government check to a handout or whatever, right? It's really, really important to be aware of scams in 2020 and 2021 around the coronavirus. So I got this list from the FTC website, which is the Federal Federal Trades Commission. Yeah. They said you can avoid coronavirus scams by knowing this information. So learn how to tell the difference between a real contact tracer and a scammer. Legitimate tracers need health information, not money or personal uh, financial information. Do not respond to texts, emails, or calls about checks from the government. They only mail you letters. They do not work any other way. I would also say going to their website, potentially, and maybe trying to call them. But if you're being called by them or contacted them by any way other than letter, it's a scam. Ignore offers for vaccinations and miracle treatments or cures. Scammers are selling products to treat or prevent COVID-19 without proof that they work. And also be wary of ads for kits. Most test kits being advertised have not been approved by the FDA and aren't necessarily accurate. Um, Hang up on robocalls. That's what I do every day. Scammers are using illegal robocalls to pitch everything from low-priced health insurance to work-at-home schemes. Watch for emails claiming to be from the CDC or the WHO. And use sites like coronavirus.gov and usa.gov slash coronavirus to get the latest information. Don't just click on links of sources you don't know and take their opinions or ideas as fact. Lastly, do your research. Always. One. But also when it comes to like donations and asking for money and stuff. A lot of people are really desperate, and although maybe they do need your money, just be aware of who you're giving money to because there's a lot of scammers out there right now, more than I've ever seen. Um, I have to agree. Facebook Marketplace is just like, um, and like all these like Facebook groups that I'm a part of, it's just they're phishing scams, a lot of them, especially in this area. It was much better up in Portland, I would say, 
But I, I bet that has changed as well. There's just people out to get you because they they probably need the money. And I just I would hate to see any of our listeners or people that you love get scammed because of some someone who's desperate or malicious. So what a year, right? Been one big dick in the ass of a year. Uh, I would have to say the biggest scam going is this COVID scam, and okay, the biggest. Okay. This is Kevin talking, not the not <laughs> not the true crime dumpster. The opinions expressed in this portion of the yeah. show are not held by all of the hosts. This is but... solely coming from Hellfucker here. So, COVID is the biggest scam of the year. The biggest criminals are the ones pushing this fucking bullshit with their lockdowns and. Sure, there is a virus, but even the CDC and the WHO say there is a 99 point whatever chance of recovery. I don't know why people are lining up to take this fucking vaccine for something you can... It's the flu. Look at the Uh, flu numbers. There's no flu. Kevin. There's no flu. Kevin. Kevin. Death numbers, 2018, 2019, same. That, nope. I don't agree. So, again... We are, this is what the coronavirus also has done this year is it's heavily divided people. So including me and you, I, Six I love, I, I, I love my frontline workers. I have a lot of friends who work in the healthcare industry and I totally get why you would get the vaccination. If I were in the same spot as you, I would as well. If I was teaching in person, um, I probably would get the vaccination as well. I'm very lucky that I, I didn't lose my job and I don't have to teach in person. Um, so I'm going to wait until a later round and after I Until you have birth. my permission, which is well, never. <laughs> I don't need your permission, sir. But I am going <laughs> to wait until after this kid is out of me before I start, you know, sticking too many needles in my arms. And that would be true of anything. I'm not just saying for this vaccination. I'm just going to, I'm avoiding a lot of stuff until you know, after all I'm saying is it's an experimental vaccine. They're doing an experiment on everybody right now. Everybody willing to take this vaccine. They don't know. Okay. This is not a vaccine podcast, Kevin. I know, but they don't know what's going to happen. They rushed it out in six months where usually vaccines take years to go through trials. And this is the first time they've ever done anything like this with this mRNA thing. Just saying. We're obviously not going to be a part of the first wave. And I'm really happy. Or any wave. Anyways. I'm going to go catch some waves. (laughs) Um, I love my... My people on the front lines, and I yeah, I'm not saying I, yeah, no that's all. That's all. Them that's all. all. That's all. Okay. <laughs> See what 2020 did to us. Yeah. You can join. <laughs> you can join our vaccine-free true crime dumpster Shut Facebook. Up! No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm not joking about the vaccine, but I'm joking. You can, you vax or no vax, you could still join the true crime dumpster <laughs> Facebook group. You can follow us on Twitter at TC Dumpster and on Instagram at True Crime Dumpster. You can email us at truecrimedumpster at gmail.com. You could also check out our website, truecrimedumpster.com. Listen to our show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, and many other platforms. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends about our podcast. Every review, rating, and <laughs> referral gets us to a larger audience. So... Please spread the word. Just like a virus. Like, just <laughs> cough it out on people. 
Tune in next time. With your mask on. Yeah, just cough into your mask. That's what it's there for. Tune in next time as we continue talking out the trash. Bye-bye, 2020, and suck it. Everybody yeah. have a safe and happy night and morning and, and day after that and 2021. Ditto. Bye.